Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Appreciate all of you for tuning in. Make sure you do subscribe. We are on the push for 10,000 subscribers right now. So subscribe right here to this channel as we're getting ready for the NBA season to start. Got a little bit of news, some Paul Millsap stuff going on. The Celtics doing a few things here and there. A few other odds and ends to get into. Jared Dudley on the move as well. We're going to break it all down for you. Got a lot of topics to fire through today. Keith, how are you doing, man? Let's break down that Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, man. Oh, let's do that uh, first. (laughs) Oh, man, that was amazing. I ended up watching, um, I I think it's New Rock Stars. Mm -hmm. They did like a 25-minute breakdown of the trailer. I don't know how they do that. It's amazing. The stuff people catch is so incredible and i was talking about it with some friends and they, they were like they must watch it like a hundred times and i was like and that's a pretty cool job if you can get it and it's not as cool as our job here breaking down the nba and then yeah. uh, rosters and transactions but that, that's pretty close second if, if this falls apart on me and i don't want to do this anymore i'm going to see if i can watch trailers and break break down uh superhero movie trailers for a while Dude, from the production perspective of just having to to make a video like that the amount of editing and everything that you would have to incredible. Do, oh yeah. my gosh. Like one video yeah. has got to take hours and hours and hours and hours to, to produce. And I they mean, get it up so quick. Too. I, That's I don't know how I, they do it. Yeah. Like, like they have yeah. to be just insanely caffeinated. That's the only thing I keep settling back on. It's just yep. massive amounts of caffeine is the only way these guys can do this, but they do an incredible job for sure. And I am pumped for that. I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, that's the extent of my breakdown on it is I can't wait to see that movie. The new Eternals trailer told yep. us a lot more like what's going on there. So, yeah, Marvel doesn't miss. I'm 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 ready. You know, uh, we got uh, uh Shang-Chi here in that's what right. 10 days ish or so uh, from now. So, yeah, I'm I'm ready. Just keep keep feeding me Marvel content and, and we'll go. But all right, that's enough. We'll get into the basketball. I'm just here waiting in the and, comment you know. section. There's going to be somebody that's <laughs> yep. going to say fast forward to two yep. f- two minutes <laughs> in 15 seconds for the basketball talk to start i love it let's, but uh let's, let's start with it. uh with paul Millsap. paul Millsap, you know veteran that's still out there still a pretty big name you know a lot of people if you like if you played fantasy basketball back in the day or something like that paul Millsap, you remember like he was he was the guy like you wanted Paul yeah, Millsap on, on your team yep. yep he was great uh not that guy anymore but still somebody that could help a lot of teams but it sounds like he doesn't want to play for the veteran minimum, which I think that's probably the holdup here as far as why he hasn't landed anywhere just yet. Yeah, I think that that that's it. I think the handful of teams kept their taxpayer mid-level or the equivalent amount to that that they could offer him. Uh, teams that are mentioned, we had already previously talked about the Nets and the Warriors, but the Atlanta Hawks, New Orleans Pelicans, 76ers, and Timberwolves are all teams connected. And it makes sense for every single one of those teams. Uh, there there was a uh, uh, Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, had talked to some people, and he said uh, one, one person uh, told him was, he shouldn't rush. He should just wait and pick his spot. And that's my guess at this mm-hmm. point. The money's going to be roughly the same from everybody else. Now, if the Warriors come and say, all right, here's the 5.9 million taxpayer, we'll take it and go because then that's, that's done. You don't have to wait anymore. But if you're really thinking, all right, it might be a minimum deal, well, that, it, it, basically everybody can do that for him and then t- take it and pick your spot and see where you can play and fill a role and all those things because he's clearly not at the point of his career where he's just catching on for the ride. Like he wants to be a part of it, wants to play, wants to fill a role. And I guess nobody's mentioned it, but I would guess maybe Denver could just – 
bring him back if they really wanted to, too. They they added Jeff Green and re-signed Jamichael Green, so he'd probably start out the year as the fifth big, but they, who who knows where that, that'll go. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, he'll land a home here eventually, but I, I don't, I'm going to guess probably not by the start of training camp. Well, and that's a piece to this puzzle too, right? Like he could just be letting the dust settle if that big big offer isn't out there to kind of see what's what and say, okay, once we get through training camp, by the way, he can kind of avoid training camp a la yep. JJ Reddick, who's <laughs> yep. employing the same strategy, saying I'm not going to sign anywhere until midway through the season. I don't know if he'll go that far, but he can kind of wait and see like how things shake out. Maybe somebody gets hurt. Maybe yep. uh, somebody just isn't fitting somewhere and minutes open up. This, that's a way that he can ensure that, hey, if I'm going to pick a team and maybe who knows, right? I'm not, don't, don't want to say he's going to retire, but maybe this is the last season for his career. If he lets the dust settle, he can make sure that he goes to a place that has minutes available rather than say, okay, I can be one yeah. of five guys and maybe I earn minutes or something like that. And by then too, it'll have solidified of our right, team X really looks like they're making a title run here. I can be the guy who can help push them over the top. I always think about uh, when Boston won. So I know it's not a happy memory for you, but in 2008, <laughs> but you've had a few since then. So you, you're, you're okay. That's right. Um, PJ Brown was such a huge mm-hmm. part of that, that uh, title run for them. And they added him essentially what would now be termed a like buyout season uh, was when Boston, when I got him. So Millsap could even do something like that and sign that late in the year where it's, you know, as long as you're there by the end of the, the uh, regular season, if you're a free agent, you're playoff eligible. It's, it's, that, it's only that, that, that early, late March, early April deadline is only about guys who were on a roster mm-hmm. um, at the time and were waived. If you're a free agent, you can hang out. That's why Dante Jones signed with the Cavs like three years in a row on the last day of the regular season and was on the playoff roster because that's all you had to be able that, – that's all you have to do to be eligible. So uh, it's not going to take that long, clearly, right? He'll, he'll, he'll be uh, you know pushing and pushing uh, – in there at some point before them, but yeah, that's that's my guess. He's gonna wait, pick his spot, really land with the right team, and and play a role for for somebody because I think he can still play. All right, moving on. Your Celtics make another move. Uh, they they extend Josh Richardson, a guy that they just yeah. picked up, give him another year at about the same dollar amount. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I've seen a mixed response online, so I want to get get your take on this because you're the the Celtics guy here. Uh, is this a smart move by them? I've seen people saying, look, they they may have overpaid Marcus Smart. They may have overpaid Robert Williams. Those are kind of gambles that could certainly pay off. What's your take here? Because Josh Richardson obviously did not look great for the Mavs last year. The hope is mm-hmm. obviously that the skill set will be something that, that really shines through in Boston, that it's simply a change of scenery that he needed. But from the Celtics' perspective, what's your take on on this move? Was this the right thing to do right now? Yeah, so once they signed Marcus Smart to his contract extension, I actually wrote this for Celtics blog. The Richardson one wasn't one I really thought much about, but I said there's no reason to wait on an extension now for Robert Williams. Just get it done, and lo and behold, that same uh, the afternoon of the morning that that article ran, the Williams extension news broke. And that was essentially the Smart uh, extension took them out of the running for being a serious cap space team next summer. So once you're out of the running on that, there's no reason to not 
do something and you don't want to be stupid, right? There's no reason to go give guys max extensions or anything dumb like that. But what they did with Williams, it's now come out and I'll, I will answer the Richardson question. I promise. Um, But the Williams extension, it's got about 6 million in bonus money in there. That's tied to games played and team performance and him individual performance. So those are things where you're happy to pay them because it means he stayed healthy. He played really well and the team did really really well um but right now they're all unlikely because dennis Greer hasn't stayed healthy and all those other things so that contract looks kind of better by the day almost uh with that one so it's really without those bonuses just to put a dollar number on it what was it was a 54 million dollar deal so it's about really about 48 okay yeah that helps yeah so 12 million a year for tim you know slightly above mid-level money Mm -hmm. that's more than fair. I, right. I have no no issues with that. No options in the deal. No team player options or anything like that. Team options on a rookie scale extension are almost never seen. It just doesn't happen because the player would just rather say, I'll just take my chances in restricted free agency. But that one, I think fine. I think the, the, my opinion on the smart extension is I think it's absolutely fine. I have no issue with it. I'm very curious to see how he does this year. We've talked about it before, so I won't go on too long about it. But as the primary point guard, really being a guy who's a facilitator versus a, a second scorer and those kind of things, I think everything will fit together much better for him. And then the last um, one with Richardson. Yeah. Yeah. It seems weird. Right. Because it's going to be about twelve million dollars and it's a little like, why are you putting twelve more million dollars on this guy who might not even be good? He wasn't like you said, wasn't good in Dallas. Right. Wasn't really very good in Philly uh, the year before that. So but I think for Boston, they're looking at two things here. One is this is optionality because there's no cap space. 12 million for Richardson is not so out of bounds that it's like that becomes untradeable or anything like that. It's $12 million. And what they've been lacking the last couple of years was those mid range contracts. So I think this is an attempt as some of their rookie scale guys get a little bit more expensive in the later years of the rookie scale. So Langford, Neesmith, Grant Williams, uh, you have the Robert Williams extension now signed. You've got smart on his contract. You got Horford. I think what they're doing is giving themselves the ability to stack salaries together next off season, this trade deadline, whatever it may be to go get somebody if someone becomes available. Yes, everyone's going to go to Bradley Beal because that's mm-hmm. the, you know, Apple of Celtics fans' eyes right now is, you know, go get Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum's buddy, all this stuff. Maybe it's Bradley Beal, maybe it's somebody else, maybe it's something different, maybe it's a sign-in trade next offseason for somebody we're not even talking about today. Now, maybe it's a disgruntled superstar X who is not happy as the way his team season plays out. So I think what the Celtics are mostly doing is giving themselves optionality here that didn't exist before because now you're over the cap, but you're not over the cap with the Evan Fournier situation where it's either re-sign them or you lose them for nothing. And they did create a trade exception mm-hmm. again, but that's what you were running the risk of with Richardson is you can't, if you, if he was to walk, you can't replace him. Now, maybe you don't, need to but you you can't even replace the salary slot so now what they've done is they've at least locked in that mid-range salary slot and that gives you some trade options down the line 
Yeah, that's exactly the way to look at this. You know, just for Lakers fans that are watching this from that perspective, it's no coincidence that we talked for years about is Kyle Kuzma going to get traded this year? Is he going to get traded this yeah. year? That suddenly when his salary jumps up to 13 million, boom, he's traded. That yep. is not a coincidence. That's the way it went down. The day it was actually 13 Literally, million too. The day <laughs> yeah. it jumped up, it was gone. Yep. <laughs> um, that's You need salaries that are of yeah. that level yep. in order to make a Call lot of different moves work. Yes, yeah. KCP as well. Yep. And, and and I know we're all hoping Talon Horton Tucker becomes a key rotation player mm-hmm. and develops and becomes a steal. But if not, what he's going to be sitting on is a nice piece to put into a trade yep. for, you know, salary matching. And, and I look at a guy like I know there's some ups and we don't exactly know what's going on with Marcus Hall. I know that's right. still kind of up in the air, but I look at it as he's probably coming back because I just can't see him walking away from a ready-made title team and, uh, you know, 2.3 million or whatever it is, a million dollar contract. But you start looking at Gasol plus Horton Tucker plus Kendrick Nunn. Now you're right around 20 million. There's your salary match. If you need to go get somebody in season and, and you're in a pretty good, good place to do those things. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, this is what smart front offices do is you start locking up these guys even if you're going to treat them more as a living trade exception. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of harsh because they're, they're there, but I also don't feel too bad if that's what happens with Josh Richardson. Cause he just got 12 million. That he may not have gotten uh, in a very poor uh, uh, environment to be a free agent this coming summer. Right. It's, it's not quite the, uh, the Keith Bogan special, but it is probably nope. more than he would have gotten on the, uh, yep. the free agent market. So good, good for him, obviously. Yep. Um, you know, we also saw another extension though, and this is one that, uh, just a, a couple of weeks into the playoffs, I guess people were saying was never going to happen. Mike Budenholzer gets an extension yeah. from the Milwaukee Bucks. Look what winning a championship can can do for you. He was <laughs> he, fans were pushing him out the door. How quickly can we get rid of this guy? And now they're locking him up, up for a three year extension. End <laughs> up, yeah, it was one of them. I was uh, I was not there. Yeah, I mean, and, and I really do think he had a really good playoff run yeah. too. Now some will say the Nets got hurt. That's why they but it Which you you play true. who's in front of you. You yep. you just, you know, do what you gotta do. And I thought they didn't look great early on against the Suns and they made some really key adjustments. Uh went to playing through you through Giannis more and basically said, look, if you want to just keep following him, put him at the line a million times and we'll follow all your guys out and we'll we'll figure it out with that. And yeah, it was uh you know, like you said, winning a championship, that's what it gets you. And, and good for Mike Buttonholzer for mm-hmm. hanging through there and kinda, you know, if if he wants to uh clap back at anybody, you know, he's uh <laughs> he's earned the right because now now he's a champ and, and he's got three more years at the the helm of the Bucks. Absolutely. Obviously not getting rid of him after you win a championship. So good on him. Uh, Other coaching news, Jared Dudley to the Mavs as an assistant coach, making the transition. Good for Duds. Happy for him. I know there was a lot of talk that maybe he'll catch on with the Lakers. They didn't really have a front of the bench spot, though. And the Mavs did Mm -hmm. with new head coach Jason Kidd. So they're going to get him. Dudley is just a great communicator, guy that can really bring players together. And he's interesting in that he can connect with superstars he can connect with end of the bench guys he just he has that that talent and so i think he is going to make a great assistant coach and this is a guy who has very much been setting himself up for this move for years now so this is is not a surprise maybe the landing spot might be a little bit of a surprise but him moving to on to being an assistant coach is not a surprise at all 
Yeah, I'm not rocking my BC shirt today. I had one on the other day. My hope is eventually he takes over the Eagles, uh, his alma mater, <laughs> and uh, where I did some of my school as well. So I would like to see that that happen eventually. Um, but yeah, th- this is good. And, and it's funny because a couple of people said said to me, like, why didn't Frank Vogel just hire him? And you mentioned they didn't have a you know, front of the bench spot. But also it's um, – it's hard to go from being a player to a coach in the same locker. It's just, it, it's very hard because instead we talked about this with Udonis Haslam on one other episode, the relationship just changes immediately. You're not, you're, you're not in the locker room with them like that anymore. You're not hanging out. You're not doing the dinners. You're not doing that stuff anymore. So it's just very different. And that becomes a little bit awkward. So yeah, I think for him to go, uh, with a guy he's familiar with, with Jason Kidd, uh, to a team where I think he can really help out guys like Luca, even Porzingis, and those kind of guys. I think think he's got a just a perspective he he can kind of give because I think with Jared Dudley too, what gets missed is he at one point looked like he was done in the yep. NBA early in his career, and then he caught on with the Suns and rebuilt his body, got himself in a really good shape, and then it looked like again a few years later like he was going to be done and then he turned into this guy that everybody wanted to sign to be on their bench at the end of the year so and i get it from the lakers perspective i think if they had more definite depth that they knew 100 was going to be fine you can give him your 14th or 15th roster spot yeah i think they need to look at guys who just you need to be certain they can play 50 60 games if you need them to and i'm not sure sold that that's dudley at this point in his career but and like you said he's been looking to make this transition for a while so this is this is great and i bet he is either going to be a head coach within four or five years or he's going to transition to running someone's uh like moving his way up the front office ladder i I could see him on that side he's talked about how he either wanted to be in the coaching tree and wanted to go that route, or he also <laughs> wanted to keep his option open, open to be a, a GM, right? That was. I don't the know if other... you can hear our little guy. Uh, I didn't hear our it. little guy Tatum. Is he? He's 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 letting his presence be known here. <laughs> uh, my my wife just got home and uh, he's he did the one of the other ones started, so he's like, oh, we're barking. I'm going to do that too. So he, he's a very big the fan big of Jared Dudley do. coaching. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah, whatever the big dogs do, he he wants to do too. So. Yeah, he's um, he's letting it fly, but yeah. Let's uh, let's go to. Uh, I guess there was a little bit of a trade rumor coming out here. Jeremy Lamb potentially on the move. Yeah, the Indiana Pacers, uh, ten point five million dollar expiring contract this coming season. Uh, they brought in Chris Duarte. Uh, they already have Karis Levert in there. So question in terms of you know how many minutes are really there. Uh, yep. In Pawnee to give uh, to give him so <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense. I, I always have to. I have to. I love, I love that it. show too much to not reference that. Uh, but so uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, it makes sense for them to move him. It's a little bit. It's a little late in this kind of transaction period. Yep. I'm not sure what teams are going to be interested at this stage. A lot of guys that you know, a lot of guys are locked up at this point because they can't be traded till December 15th. So that's going to mm-hmm. limit your options. But uh, but the report also suggested that look. Jeremy Lamb, he had a lot of injury issues last season, so a lot of teams are saying, well, we're interested, but we want to wait and see if he's healthy first. So maybe this is a guy yep. just to keep an eye on, and and we'll see him moved midseason. Yeah, he got back about late January, 
mm-hmm. um, he came back. So when he he came back from from uh, from that injury um, with the uh, the Pacers after in 2020 he tore his ACL. So about a year later, which that's roughly the going time frame uh, for an ACL injury, and yeah, he was a little little rough uh, last year. So we'll we'll see, um, you know, where he uh, looks better this year. My guess is this is when we talk about this a lot. Who does this benefit to put this out there? Mm-hmm. And I think this is one that benefits both the Pacers and Jeremy Lamb because it starts saying like, hey, there's teams who want him. I think the article, which was by Jay Michael of the Indy Star, who yes. has proven to be pretty well connected to the Pacers yep. um, and their players. Um, he said the Lakers had reached out. Makes mm-hmm. sense, right? Now, was that the Lakers reached out in – the end of July when they Big had difference. built their yeah. bench out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or was that recent? Cause also he makes $10.5 million. That's how do the Lakers get there? Like that, that's a little odd. Um, but uh, he also mentioned Charlotte Hornets where lamb had played previous. They could actually maybe use another wing uh, score. They, they, they don't have a lot of guys in that role where the Pacers do. I mean, you mentioned Levert and um, Chris, Chris Duarte, they signed Tory Craig. They still yep. have Justin Holiday on that team. Uh, TJ Warren still plays quite a bit at the three for them. So that that's a team that's they they've got an awful lot of guys who play that same position. So that says to me, I bet Lamb gets run early in the year as a Duarte is uh, transitioning into the NBA and uh, Lamb is showcased for a move down the line. That, that that's my guess is how that one plays out. So he's going to be kind of the the training wheels or whatever for Chris Duarte to come in. And, you and missed kinda... it. You missed it. You could have gone with he's going to be the sacrificial lamb oh. for Chris Duarte. Oh, oh. man. I've got, Keith, I have too much football <laughs> on my brain. I was trying to get to Andy Dalton and Justin Fields somehow. <laughs> I was trying to make that connection. And that, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I, no, I, I went for the easy one, man. I'm too tired after uh, playing puppy duty and being up all <laughs> night with this guy every few hours to uh, to, to to make long ones. I, I went for the simple one. <laughs> that one was definitely better, and I, it was sitting right in front of me. Like I said, I have too much fantasy football on the brain. I love it. Oh, please start Justin Fields sooner rather than later, <laughs> Chicago. Um, all right, let's let's talk about a guy that's um, like at one point. I had really high hopes for him. Michael Carter Williams has become actually a pretty solid backup, but it sounds like he is going to yeah. miss the start of the season uh, yep. dealing with a, an ankle surgery. So that's uh, again, more of a, a backup role, but yeah, uh, unfortunate to hear that he's starting the season off with, with an injury already. Yeah. Tough too. Cause the magic were kind of counting on him while Markel Fultz works his way back mm-hmm. to be the veteran ball handler with Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. It's, it, this is going to have no, tangible impact on how good the magic are which is going to be not very um but it, it is it, it just it's it's a little rough for for him and a little rough because you don't want to start out the year behind the eight ball with injuries like this mm-hmm. and they've already got Fultz working his way back Jonathan Isaac working his way back and now you add um Michael Carter Williams to that list so they're, they're going to be down a few guys to start out the year probably because it doesn't sound like Isaac maybe will be ready to go right away it sounds like that could maybe stretch a little or he might not play all the time but 
the reality is this is not the end of the world because just give a bunch of these minutes more more minutes to Anthony and Suggs and RJ Hampton and Gary Harris because it was starting to get a little crowded between the one and the three. Um, this is a team that they're 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 gonna have. How do I put this there? A lot of stuff is going to shake out for them over the course of this year mm-hmm. uh, and into next year with who are the guys right. for this team? Because because there's there's just an awful lot of guys on the same types of contracts and those kind of things. So, yeah, but it's it's um, it's funny because I made this point to a good friend of mine the other day, as I said, you know, they're going to be really, really bad. But I am way more excited to go to Magic Games than I was to watch a team. I knew their ceiling was maybe the fifth seed if right. everything broke right. Because I just, I mean, I and, and I'm now attached because I've, you know, everybody. If you're new to me, uh, Jonathan Isaac is one of my favorite players in the entire league. I absolutely love him. I think uh, he could win Defensive Player of the Year someday. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm a little irrational there. I like Robin Lopez a lot. I think he's a lot of fun. And then I'm super excited to watch Jalen Suggs. So, yeah, but, yeah, just just sucks that, you know, one of the guys that we're kind of counting on for some minutes is going to be out to start the year. What's the over-under on Robin Lopez Disney World trips during the NBA season? <laughs> it's got to be high, right? Like every What is day, NBA season's roughly 170-some-odd days yeah, long? Right. Uh, and you're on the road for half those days, so let's call it let's – let's say there's – let's say there's 80 days you could go. Um, 70, 75. 70, 70, <laughs> I mean, that, and that's during the season. <laughs> you can then add in the the off days after Ooh. the season. I'm going to guess. I can't wait till we – we actually haven't had a media availability with them yet here in the local market. I can't wait till we do because I, I want to ask, like, are you living at Brooke's house? Because Brooke has a house on Disney property. Um, they did Disney. You set aside a chunk of their land and built these like mega mansions. And uh, he actually owns one on property. So I'm guessing Robin is got to be living there. I, so, I can't you know, imagine why not. He literally could be there every day then if he's living on Disney property. True. Anyway, could be. That's yeah. probably a big I mean, part of why he yeah, I, I went a little more literal with your question and went to how often will he go to theme parks. Sure. Um, but yeah. But yeah. But if he's living on property, yeah, then I'd say every day. Every day. Uh, the Cavs. The Cavs are rumored to be looking for wings right now. And one guy that a lot of teams are interested in is my old buddy, Larry Nance Jr. Yeah. Uh, that's that's interesting to me. Uh, I mean, the Cavs going after wings, not really a surprise there. Larry Nance Jr., though, just seemed like such a great glue guy type fit mm-hmm. in Cleveland. So I guess it's not a surprise that other teams would be interested in him. I don't know if the Cavs actually move him or not, though. Yeah, my guess is probably not unless it really lands them somebody yeah. who's, you know, a major help for them because the Cavs are one of the so just said Orlando's gonna be really bad. Uh Oklahoma City's gonna be bad. Houston's probably gonna be bad. I think Detroit's probably still gonna be bad. I think the Cavs are gonna be bad, but they don't want to be. They, no, they want, want to, to start moving things forward. Yeah. I just think they did the the gap is just too much for them to to move up uh high enough on, on that list. So I think what's interesting with them, if you look at it, is they really do need wings because they don't it's they, they don't have much. It's Isaac Okoro, 
Jetty Osman and a bunch of guys who are not really wings uh, being slotted into to wing positions. Uh, they, they even Torian Prince, who could do some stuff at the three, they traded him away for Ricky Rubio uh, this offseason. So it does get a little weird. And in, then in, in their front court, clearly Jared Allen resigned. Yeah. They've got uh, Evan Mobley, who they just drafted. You still have Kevin Love for two more years uh, on, on contract at about $60 million. So that gets a little, or what are we, where are we going? And that's he where you can get into a bench role now. Yeah, exactly. And that, that yeah. was actually, so this article, I, I highly recommend everybody check it out. was by Chris Fedor of cleveland.com. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find it, he had on a lot of different stuff. One of the things was, they basically, it sounds like kind of conditioned love for be ready for a bench role. My guess is that's probably as soon as Mobley is ready to start, they'll they'll plug him in there with Allen and, and go, or maybe Nance starts or something like that. But yeah, it is funny though with Larry Nance Jr. If you think about it, that contract, remember when he first signed that extension, it looked a little like, I don't even love this one. It was a declining right. contract, and that usually looks pretty good. Now, $10.7 million this year and $9.7 million next season, that's bargain for what he can give you. He he would land a mid an MLE deal, I have to imagine, from just about any team, and that's essentially what he's got mm-hmm. this year, and then it'll be a little bit less uh, next year than that. So I know there's a lot of teams, Celtics fans, they clamor for this dude regularly. They they would love him to come into that Evan Fournier trade exception. I, I think they tend to forget, though, that there's only – 15 standard roster spots and they that that part's a little, little messy yeah. um and they don't necessarily have the wings to send back to cleveland but yeah it's something that's what i'm going to be watching for a while uh this year to see well what they do and can they link up with a team that like like memphis is one of the teams that's mentioned in the article mm-hmm. with dylan brooks or kyle anderson that as potential me targets that those were the two names though like if i'm memphis those are probably two guys i i don't want to move keep, especially yeah. just to free up roster spots i agree yeah so i do wonder could could nance be the guy who goes out in a two for one yeah. kind of trade or something like that but yeah because it's 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 Certainly not going to be Kevin Love. <laughs> I think we can, <laughs> no. uh, you know, we're, we're right at the end of that one. I do wonder with Kevin Love, does this eventually hit the Blake Griffin point where it's, all right, I'll give you enough money back to make it worth letting me out of here and I'm going to go finish it out with some team where I can play 15 to 20 minutes a night as a stretch five and do do my thing there. It does feel like that's where this is heading. Um, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, and we can certainly we'll we'll speculate on another show about exactly where he could land if and when that does happen. Um, last thing for today, De'Aaron Fox, happy being a Sacramento King for the yeah. time being here. Um, the Kings are a team that that they're looking to break that playoff drought. I believe it's the longest in the NBA now. Um, they are they're in a tough spot. They've got all the centers. Right, they have yeah. they have all the centers at this point. All centers, all bunch of point guards, bunch <laughs> of point guards. But uh, but De'Aaron Fox, at least he's happy to be there, and that's a good thing that he's not like asking out or anything like that from Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely con- content. So I think that is is good. He was he was thrown out there in the uh, in the Ben Simmons rumors. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something here. Look at this guy. Uh oh. Hi, Puppers. There he is. <laughs> this is Tatum. This is our new boy. 
making his debut here on the front office show. So oh, he dude. just woke up. So the surprise he's, debut. Uh, he's coming to join here. And then the, the old guy's hanging out right here next to me. So uh, <laughs> that's uh, Mattingly. So you want to go back that, that way. Does it you? get any better? <laughs> we have never had a greater yeah. selling point for this channel and why you should subscribe. <laughs> Then not only do you get NBA breakdowns, we break down NBA news, but you get to look at puppies too. If you haven't done it yet, hit that subscribe button. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to do a, do a meeting between uh, Tatum and your, your pop. That's right. uh, Where, where they can, they can virtually meet each other, but yeah, uh, on the Kings, (laughs) close it out with a basketball thought. This is important. He's your franchise guy. You just signed him to a massive extension. You clearly don't want him to want to be traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's perfectly fine that they drafted uh, Davian Mitchell. I think him, Halliburton, and Fox, because Halliburton's got that good size. I think they can all play together some in some kind of funky lineups. But mm-hmm. we're seeing teams, multiple ball handlers, lineups are, you know, that that's a thing. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they're they're uh, pretty well positioned to do, do some interesting stuff. But, yeah, for the love of God, move on from a center or two. Like, I don't know what is happening there. They're going to be the team everybody's going to be hitting up for Tristan Thompson. As soon as a big, big role opens on some team, everybody's going to be like, all right, can we, yeah, what are you doing with Tristan Thompson? That's certainly what they're what they're hoping for anyway, is that somebody will need a big and they're not going to find yep. one out on the market and then they're going to turn to the Kings and, and try to get somebody in a trade. Exactly. But uh, in, the, in the meantime, <laughs> he's now he's getting loud. Yeah, now, now he's talking <laughs> he's all, about, all about <laughs> yeah. Tristan Thompson and the other bigs. Uh, yeah, I mean, in the meantime, though, they're in a minutes crunch, so they can't keep all these yep. guys happy because you do. It's not feasible in the NBA to run out a lineup of five centers. You just, you can't. Do no, it. no, no. <laughs> well, the I guess Nuggets you could. in the bubble. In <laughs> yeah. It did not uh, look all that great. Yeah. Bull bull and shooting guard uh, alongside Troy Daniels point guard was not the uh, way to go. So not yeah, I, uh, yeah, it just got it. Something's going to have to give there eventually. I, I didn't really fully grasp why they guaranteed Damian Jones mm-hmm. contract when, when they did. So, but, but they didn't, you know, whatever it is, it's done. Uh, speaking of guarantee, contract guarantees, uh, Jalen McDaniels, the Hornets, becomes fully guaranteed today. That'll happen. Uh, he's shown enough there um, for them to fully guarantee. Uh, Terrence Mann of the Clippers, they did that early. Um, so that's already been done. Jabari Parker got 100K guaranteed yesterday. There was a little bit of a watch because he's somebody that looked like the Celtics might have moved on from him uh, before he triggered any kind of guarantee. And then a couple at the end of the week, uh, um, Alizé Johnson um, from the from the Nets, 100K guarantee triggers on Friday, and uh, Anthony Tolliver of the 76ers comes fully guaranteed. I'm going to guess Anthony Tolliver uh, is they, – they wave by Tim. I don't think he's going to gonna make it to that, that date. That, that is my guess. Uh, they're just um, Phillies. Phillies over the tax, and that'll give them a little, little, little more wiggle room if they move uh, move on from Tolliver. But, but yeah, so those are just just some things to keep an eye on here. It's a lot of teams filling out their their camp rosters now over the next few weeks. That's what'll happen. So we'll start to see a bunch of guys when you and I tweet about them. We'll get the who responses right um but these guys are guys who are going to go to camp and most of these deals will be designed around trying to get guys to the g league right yeah and that's what we're going to see happen with a lot of the moves that take place in the next few weeks here so i think that about uh wraps everything up and we went through a lot had a puppy appearance and uh pretty soon we're going to start our team breakdowns as well yep yeah, reviews, previews. We I don't know what we call them, but they're both. So, uh, so we'll start in on those too, and then uh, 
we've got a lot of cool stuff planned for you guys uh, going right up to the season. Um, we're going to continue to go in season as well. Uh, Tra- Trevor and I are working with some of our partners to brainstorm ideas and all sorts of fun stuff. But if you guys, if there's things you really want to know about or see us do and those kind of things, drop it in the comments. Cause we do check those out. We'll, we'll you know, we're, we are happy to steal your idea and give you all the credit that you deserve on the show. If you are the one who, who kicks us an idea that we had not already thought of, uh, we're happy to, you know, give you a shout out on the show that that's the extent of what you're getting uh, out of us. Maybe someday we'll have uh, front office goodie bags and swag. We can throw you away, but. Right now, it'll be a hearty congratulations and thank you to uh, YouTube user, you know, XYZ. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's, that's, that's going to be the extent of it for the time being. But maybe that changes the future. Maybe. All right, guys. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below. Don't forget to subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Of course, like this video and turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, stay safe and see ya.